is P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And we are back to talk about all of the breaking pop culture news, but we're not back to talk about reviews because y'all didn't leave any. So get it together, peeps. Yeah, it's a fun thing to do. And then you get a shout out to all our to our millions of subscribers so yes <laughs> this and we'll literally read minutes. anything so yeah. you know <laughs> speak yeah. your peace of mind <laughs> oh, no. uh, if you want to leave a review based on this prompting you can do so <laughs> on apple podcasts uh you can also like obviously subscribe to us on apple or spotify or any of the other million podcast yes. services around the world <laughs> So that's an option for you. Yeah, we have lots of options because we're also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at PS You're Wrong. Plus, you can email us as some have done in the past at PS You're Wrong at gmail.com. And breaking news, we're entering the blogosphere. <laughs> we have yes. yet to we have yet to make a post, but I've been catching up on all my queer eyes, so I'll hopefully have a ranking of those and just anything oh. that we haven't been able to like discuss on the podcast or things we wanted to get another <laughs> the final word on, you can find us at PSYerong at WordPress.com. So Oh my gosh. So we're basically becoming an empire, if you hadn't noticed. Yes, so. exactly. The more the merrier. So we're very it's legit. You're wrong all day, every day. Yes. And if there are things that you like about our podcast or want us to change or suggestions you have or things you want us to talk about, let us know and we'd be more than happy to try to accommodate <laughs> you. So. Yeah, exactly. We started saying whether you should see it, a movie now or later or never because a listener told us that'd be a good idea. So you can get in the ground floor of PS You're Wrong is what I'm saying, you know, help yes. us build our brand. <laughs> I know. I mean, not quite the ground floor because we're pretty successful right. already. You're right. We are millions like of subscribers. Yes. yes, exactly. But I think there's a lot to cover this week. So should we jump into the, the pop culture of it all? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, can I go first? Yeah. Okay, sure. so I have b- breaking news here, <laughs> which okay. you and I have been speculating about for months, which is the ill-fated Cats movie that's coming out based <laughs> oh, on a Cats no. musical. Yeah. And it was announced <laughs> this past week that it's not going to be like humans dressed up <laughs> as cats, which we, which the musical is and which we had originally suspected, but it's actually like CGI cats that will be singing the parts well, of this. So it's like, uh, so it's, it's like a not like the, it's a voiceover role. Like Taylor Swift isn't actually going to be like acting out anything. She's just well, like going to come in the studio one day and do it. Well, no, because they are acting like they're all wearing their little outfits. And this is where I was confused too, because basically what happened, at least what I saw, was this behind the scenes introductory video that was leaked from CinemaCon or whatever's going on right now. And the director was like, I am making them wear these suits so we can CGI real cat fur onto them. But then it wasn't clear if it would be like the Lion King and stuff where it's like real looking cats with voiceover or if it would just be like the Navi in Avatar where it's like played by humans, but then they just have realistic cat fur. You know what I mean? 
No, I think it's like I think it's like the Lion King. At least the article that I read, that's what it made it sound like it was. I think it's like I think it's going to be, which is worse probably. So maybe this is what I'm hoping it is: is that it's going to be human-sized people, but just with really realistic fur. What? So, <laughs> like the Navi? Like I think that's an article I read: is it's going to be like Avatar because oh you can gosh. see the actors wearing the green screen outfit. And they're yeah, like, oh, yeah, we had to like study cat movements. Yeah. So I don't no. know. That's, oh, my that's gosh. Where we... <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so that's where it's like, who knows? This what's is happen. worse than I even thought it could have been. <laughs> I mean, would it have been better to just see like cats in an alley with like Taylor Swift and Idris Elba's voices? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know I think... what's the better choice here. Well, that's like an animated movie, which <laughs> I'm. I think it's better, but oh my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. I can't wait for this episode. Like, honestly, it's been years in the making at this point. I know. I know. I saw that and I was just like, really? Like, what? I don't know what I wanted it to be. Like, I obviously have zero hopes for this film, but the more I hear about it, the more I'm just like, how did this get made and how did they wrangle up this pretty elite cast, you know? And because isn't like, Dame Hila, Helen Mirren in it or someone like some famous uh, Judy, Judy Dench, Dench is in that's it. right Judy yeah. Dench is in it <laughs> it is though a mix of like that's really true. famous people <laughs> and then some randos oh, yeah. then James Corden yeah yes James Corden that's is right. in it and I can just imagine James Corden in like the green screen <laughs> body latex suit like rolling around <laughs> pretending to be a fat cat so yeah you know maybe uh, it'll be a fun time and all the wrong ways so we'll see we'll see <laughs> but i have something we yeah i have something similar we continue to talk about and i always am like this is the week i'm not going to talk about it but ariana grande is back in the news again <laughs> because she released a single just sort of off the cuff she was ranting on twitter about well, not ranting she was she was pontificating on twitter about how she didn't want to get stuck in like eras and album cycles and she wanted to be able to be creative when creativity struck and and she, along with her friend, who has also co-written a lot of her songs, especially on Thank You Next, came up with this song called Monopoly, which came out last week. And I, of course, enjoy it a lot. It's it's just kind of this silly bop, basically, where she's flexing again about how much money she has. And she's like collecting her goals like Monopoly and like... If you had her pin number, you could live for life. But the funnest part of it was, and this news came out a little while ago too, is that on Seven Rings, which samples my favorite things from Sound of Music, she it came out that she gave up 90% of the royalties to use that tune, <laughs> to use the, the <laughs> famous tune. So literally, she was just like, she did not care that this number one hit song she would be getting nothing for. She just wanted to do it so bad that she just willingly gave up 90% of of the royalties. And like, she didn't even go back to like fight them. They just, they came at her. They're like, if you want it, it's 90%. And she was just like, okay. And so in Monopoly, she directly references that where she's like, if you had my pen, you could live off forever, even though we gave up that 90% for the win. So I was like, yes, queen, get it. I loved it. Who is her agent, though, that is giving up 90% for that song? 
You know, like that's not that. <laughs> I know. Pop- I mean, it's obviously a well-known song, but it's not like a song right. that's in the zeitgeist right now. Like, who who owns right. the rights to that? That's like sucking the money it's, up and well, wouldn't it's Rogers, want. It's Rogers and Hammerstein, and it is like it is that song, and like everyone knew it immediately. It wasn't like some unknown. It wasn't like how she sampled "In Sync" in um, "Break Up with Your Girlfriend" for a verse. You know what I mean? It was like it was literally my favorite things you know <laughs> yeah but that song is so old and has been covered by so many people at this yeah, point yeah it's right like they can't be charging all of those people 90 percent. it just <laughs> seems know. crazy i mean i guess and they're making a lot of money off of this but ariana grande list credits all of her friends on that song too so there are 10 songwriters who are splitting the last 10 percent of that <laughs> of those royalties so it's just like they get like a penny per play part probably but but she doesn't care you know she's still winning so she's doing fine (laughs) it is strange though that she's just releasing things willy-nilly because i feel like i am experiencing ariana grande burnout and granted i'm not a huge fan of hers to begin with but still it seems like a lot and i think there's a reason why artists who are continually successful like your Taylor Swift's and Beyonce's <laughs> have this down to a science where they release stuff and then they go away and they leave right. you like clamoring for it so that when they come out with something else it's this huge big splashy number that everybody's yeah. downloading and everybody's buying and everybody's talking about and then they go away again or with Ariana Grande like I saw <laughs> this new song pop up in my Spotify playlist and I was like oh was this on like one of the other ones is this an older song like what is it? i feel like i did not hear as much talk about it just because right. it was the 50th song that she's released in the last 12 months i know it'll be sort of interesting to see how it affects her long term because right now it kind of fits with this sort of like screw it like stick it to the man energy she's giving off and so her fans are eating it up but yeah i don't know if it's making her gain more fans per se so i don't know if it's sustainable but also she points out the reason she is thinking more like this is because rappers do it a lot where they don't necessarily live in that same pop queen headspace and they just kind of do what they want when they want and tour when they want and do shows when they want. And so I think she's just trying to pivot to more loosey goosey existence. But right. I, I just don't know. don't know if that model <laughs> works as well for yeah. pop stars. Cause I mean, rappers, I feel like success, like very successful rappers don't do that as much. Right. Like Jay Z doesn't do that. Lil Wayne doesn't. Do it. Like those are like the more, um, like SoundCloud rappers who do that. <laughs> yeah. Like we're yeah. going to release things all the time willy-nilly but then it's kind of like you have a hit you have a hit you're basically then you're surviving on like is your song hit worthy and not the anticipation of the song because you could be beyonce or taylor swift and release something that's not actually that great but your fans are so hungry for it that when it comes out it's a big hit whether or not it's good where if you've released 30 things then it (laughs) has to survive on its own merit right it's sort of like song driven versus whole album sales so Maybe they just cut the uh, the prices and they're like, you know what? This actually makes sense because people, I don't know if people are buying albums as much as they used to. So maybe she's just trying to get ahead of the curve and thinks this is the way. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Well, clearly that- she's not the savviest <laughs> businessman because she gave up 90% yeah. for that. For the clip. win though. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, so I have another kind of, 
pop star related story. Have you been yeah. following the Jonas Brothers revival tour and how they ended <laughs> up at this random bar in State College, Pennsylvania? No, I saw that they had put on a concert and I felt sort of like surprised because I hadn't seen anything about actual concert dates. So did they just pop up? Well, so they just basically showed up at this bar in State College, Pennsylvania, which is where Penn State is, but is nowhere near anything else in Pennsylvania. Like I've I've been yeah. to State College and it's like multiple hours from Pittsburgh, multiple hours from Philadelphia. Like it's literally smack dab in the middle of the state. And the only thing that's there is the college. Like you can see the stadium for miles just because there's like nothing else there. It's like <laughs> cornfields and then this college. And so I saw on Twitter that they were there and it wasn't just the Jonas Brothers like Priyanka Chopra was also there and Sophie Turner was there like their whole like entourage was at this random bar performing and like bartending and I was interesting and I was confused as to why were they there like are they from that area what was going on and then it got even more confusing because I was looking over stuff on Twitter and I guess Joe Jonas for whatever reason while he was touring or whatever happened to be in state college for his 21st birthday which was like years ago and so that's Uh where he celebrated and barstool sports which is this like social media account that deals with sports but also kind of like with the college life and partying in general and it has Uh it's like a meme account sort of was doing some kind of competition to see which was the best sports bar in the united states and so joe jonas was all over twitter promoting this bar in penn state or in state (laughs) college that he had been uh been at on his 21st birthday so he was promoting it all and then when it won the competition he was like okay like now i'm gonna go there so then him and his crew (laughs) just showed up at this bar but they must have like driven there because there's not an airport (laughs) so they must have like driven from new jersey where they're from or new york or whatever to this random bar in (laughs) the middle of pennsylvania just to put on this show and it wasn't making them any money or anything but they also (laughs) managed to get like sophie turner there in the middle of game of thrones press season like it was just uh, crazy there's all these pictures and and once the word got out that they were there like literally everybody at that college was out there the line like wrapped around the entire block it was insane (laughs) that is crazy but that's fun i guess it makes sense to do a small town bar like that when you're that famous because then not everyone in the vicinity can come out. You know what I mean? There's not like yeah. hordes of New Yorkers. Can you imagine though? I mean, obviously, like you didn't go to bars in college, but like, can you imagine <laughs> like you and your friends being at some like diner or whatever? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's Taylor Swift. She's here and she's performing <laughs> yeah. for like no real apparent reason. Yeah. Well, claim to fame is... um High School Musical was filmed in Utah. And during High School Musical 2, Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens went on a date to my neighborhood Walmart. So, you know, I kind of know exactly how that is. (laughs) Were you there? Unfortunately, no. We we like heard it was before like, you know, Twitter and everything. Uh So it was all like cell phone calls and like frantic texts, but I didn't get there in time. But oh my god, could have been. 
That's wild. I used a yeah. urinal next to um, Christian Slater over the weekend. So, oh wow, look at that claim to fame! Congrats. Living in New York, you run into random sort of like B listy <laughs> celebrities all the time. So, yeah. Well, um, speaking of B list celebrities, um, I don't know if you followed this like case of the sex cult. Um, that Allison Mack from like Super, what's that Superman show? I just oh forgot. Smallville. Oh, Smallville. I yeah. saw something that was like Smallville actress, blah blah <laughs> blah, but I didn't bother to it's read it because I'd like, never seen that movie or yeah, TV show. It's been in the news for like a couple years. Basically, she was she was part of the sex sex cult. That's like in XIVM I don't know how to pronounce it but basically it's a secret society where you, she would go and like get women to join this group and in order to join you have to give up a secret like a embarrassing something about you that if you were to leave they would then reveal about you so you're kind of like stuck in this group once you join and once you join there's like this other secret or cult inside the secret cult where Matt, you like are assigned to a master who then tells you what to do. And it was all this like sex stuff for the cult leader. And so Allison <laughs> Mack, who's just this like C-list actress from this TV show, is embroiled in this. And she was like literally sneak going around like Hollywood parties, like being like, hey, you know, I'm part of this really cool women's group. Like, do you want to join? And was like trying to get these women to join and obviously got some, which is unfortunate. But now people have been like, it's finally in court. And so people are kind of watching it and they expected her to do a plea. But instead, she just like showed up today and started bawling and pled guilty to everything. So... Oh, wow. So uh, now she's going to be sentenced. And it's like, it's just a very strange story. And it's what all very What is she charged odd. with as a sex cult member? <laughs> <laughs> well, so she was also the one. I don't know, I guess. I mean, I guess like it just was so weird. And like, obviously, they were blackmailing and like manipulating these women to stay and like oh, do these so sex acts. Like- coercion or blackmail or whatever yeah and like it was a very unfortunate and shady and probably illegal i mean to have a sex slave i think is probably illegal in some language of the law and so she was just like an active member and like making that happen for the uh sex cult leader so i'm guessing she'll do some prison time or something or other but very weird case and it's just like ripe for a lifetime movie so Oh, Watch yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> I want to know what was her secret that she told to get in. Yeah. <laughs> well, she seemed to be sort of at the like at the forefront of it. So I don't know okay. if she needed to. Like she was one of the ringleaders, basically. So she gathered secrets on all the other ladies. But yeah, mm. I don't know what hers is. It should come out by now. <laughs> like, if you're in a sex cult, I get. I mean, I I'm sort of like, well, what kind of secrets do you have? I mean, I guess that you're in a sex cult, <laughs> but like, like I'm in a sex cult. Yeah, but well, I but think it seems like, like some are the just type like... of person who's going to join a sex cult seems to me to be a person. Well, who, I don't like, know if they realized. Sort of... You know, it was like they were brought into this this first L- level. And then we're then introduced to the to the level of like the sex master and slave. Oh, okay, so, so they sort were... of like they were tricked and manipulated and like, and that was weird too. Is Allison was like promoting it as like a female positive like a 
open uh, your mind type thing. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure some troubled people got roped in. She was like, come to this pampered chef meeting. It's like yeah. no big deal, <laughs> but like, you need to tell me yeah. one of your deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. Oh, you killed somebody? Surprise! Yeah. This is a sex cult now and you can't leave. Yeah. There was exactly. no turkey baster here to begin with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like the doTERRA essential oils home party. Yes. And she's yeah. like, by the way, if you like oh this, I think you'll really love this. <laughs> Can we talk for five seconds about pyramid schemes and in particular Arbon. <laughs> do you have a million people who you know from college who are now selling Arbon and then clog up your instagram feed with it because it's no it's nightmarish. that one i have a lot of the lip sense and uh there was a new one that i don't remember but it's like a lipstick Arbon is like a some kind of natural makeup brand. And oh. so it's it's these not to be generalization, but I feel like <laughs> it's sort of these like housewifey type of people who like got married in college and have rich husbands and sort of don't know what to do with themselves. So then they sell this to like sort of like make a little extra money, which basically yeah. just means that they have to promote it on Instagram all the time with the longest <laughs> frigging captions I have ever seen on posts. I mean, it's like, who is reading this? You don't have that many followers. Yeah. No one is reading seven paragraphs about how like your skin feels great. I know. It's an interesting time to be alive. There's a lot of private invites to <laughs> Facebook groups that I just ignore. And yeah, yeah. Everyone's selling something, you know? Hard pass. The only thing I'm selling <laughs> is trying to get people to come to my improv shows, which is an, oh, another yes. another level of cult, but, you know, it's oh, yeah. less I expensive. Cannot, I, like, need to plan a trip just to see you in an improv show, honestly. I just... I just need to, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm sure out of very kind reasons, not not. Yeah, out of yeah, mocking. of course. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Of course, of course. I mean, tell the audience your. Um, I'm just so mesmerized by the culture <laughs> of <laughs> of improv. So you're on two improv teams. Yes, I'm on a I'm on a house team which performs mm-hmm. weekly every Wednesday night. We perform at the Magnet Theater in New York. If you want to come and see me, yeah, uh, and that team is called One Thousand Foot Whale Claw, which <laughs> I was part of choosing but didn't necessarily come up with. And then my other <laughs> team is an indie team which we perform more sporadically, and that is called Second Cousins, which is a little more normal but still funny. So, so. which one's your favorite? Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, I've been... See, here's the thing. You're basically on an indie team until you, like, become good enough to get on a house team. Right. And so I've been on my indie team longer, so I know those people more. Where the house team I just got on, like, a month ago, so those people I don't know as well. So I'd probably say... So you, like, auditioned for the house team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I auditioned for it. And it was a process. It was like over a long weekend (laughs) where you had to go in with all of these nervous, crazy people and you're all in a room and they're like, okay, your suggestion is watermelon. Like do scenes on that. And so then you and all of these (laughs) nervous people you don't know have to improvise comedy based on whatever the stupid suggestion that they give you. (laughs) And and when people are nervous, they're so bad at improv. And like some of the scenes... 
that I had to endure were ridiculous <laughs> that these people were trying to put on. And no one is laughing. And then also there's right. all these mind games where like if you're in the room auditioning with these people, you like sort of don't want to laugh at other people's scenes because then that'll make them look like they're better. So you're like standing oh there like Oh my gosh, why hasn't face. there been why hasn't there been an improv reality show like I American have Idol? said this a million <laughs> times. Believe me, I tell everybody that I know that there should be one because oh, it would you be should have like just worn a GoPro. You I know. Started a YouTube channel about this for experience. real. That's amazing. So, do you have like gimmicks for your different teams, or because when I've gone to comedy shows, it's usually like one of them was a karaoke group, so they'd they'd put pop music into their act or like one of them was Jane Austen themed. So they always did like Austinian style stories. Do you have something like that or is it just, you just no. roll with it? Yeah. We're like a more, the, the house teams in general are, are pretty straightforward improv. Like we have do different forms or whatever, but nothing like mm-hmm. that gimmicky. There are specific shows at the theater that have more weird I stuff. See. Like I'm in one that, that one of my friends is, pitching that's like a tarot card theme so they like bring somebody up on the stage and like do a tarot reading for them and then we improvise based on that which i haven't done that yet but we'll see how that goes but you know like so there are different types of shows right 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 no man i love it i just think it's just so interesting just the entire culture of it behind well, the scenes come stuff. on up to new york and <laughs> i'll tell you all about it you just have to come during the middle of the week because i perform on wednesdays so okay okay i'll work on it i'll definitely great for out there. of town guests <laughs> um but we should get into love it or hate it do you have something yeah, 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 this I week <clears throat> yes i do i have a love it and it's a little more serious than i tend to go but I've been reading an anthology called Not That Bad, which was put together by Roxane Gay, who's a sort of a feminist reporter, I guess, slash writer. And she wanted to put together an anthology about rape culture in America. And it turned into this sort of collection of personal essays and stories from different people, you know, all sorts of um, genders and races just talking about their experience with rape and rape culture and all this. And it has been really good. It came out, I think, last a couple years ago or maybe just last year. And I've been putting off reading it because I knew it would just be (laughs) pretty heavy. And um, it is. But it's also just like a really, I mean, just a very important and almost humanizing look at something that is just such a buzzword. And everyone gets all like defensive immediately when you're like, let's talk about rape culture. But I think it's just like it offers so many different perspectives and really highlights the great expanse of issues all wrapped up in that teeny little buzzword. And so I recommend it. I think it's a really good read. And there's so many different stories, which is not usually what I tend to go for in my reading, let alone in my nonfiction. But it was a really well put together anthology. So I would recommend that if you're looking for a more, you know, humbling and somber (laughs) read. (laughs) So maybe not one to like take on vacation (laughs) with you, but important nonetheless. Right. Exactly. (laughs) What about you? So I said last week that I was going to watch Pet Cemetery and report back. And I went and saw Pet Cemetery and (gasps) I'm back reporting. It was not great. (laughs) 
<laughs> I heard. I'm sorry. I'm still like wrapping my head around it. I have a lot of thoughts. It's strange because in some ways it follows the plot of the book very closely. And I yeah. thought from the trailers that it would be Le- it would follow it less so the trailers were so like zombie heavy that i thought okay the movie's right. gonna have a lot more zombies because in the book they really don't show up until i don't know maybe like three quarters if not further of the way through but the movie yeah. was like very slow at the beginning very slowly paced it doesn't really the zombies don't come out until the end it's only like a couple but the movie was also so cheaply made. Like, there are so many scenes that are supposedly set in the woods that look like the somebody strapped up like a carnival fog machine <laughs> and a couple of, like, styrofoam boulders in a gymnasium somewhere, and that's what yeah. they were shooting on. It just looked terrible. The zombies didn't look realistic. The makeup looked bad. There wasn't really that much that many scares i mean because the zombies don't show up until like i don't know through i mean you have at least over like an hour like an hour and 15 minutes before anybody dead comes back that it was just kind of boring and bland and whatever and i really and i liked the book but it's like much more of a slow drama and i thought that they would hype it up in this movie because that's what they do in hollywood but they really didn't Mm. but they didn't do the slow drama that well either i don't know it was kind of just a meh movie and i wanted like the it follow-up and it was not that (laughs) so i know i was i was never gonna see it because i'm a chicken but the trailers looked really good like i would say they looked very well done so i'm surprised that the production value was so low but also i heard the main complaint was all the best scares were shown in the trailers anyways yeah well i mean because there's only maybe I don't know, 20 minutes of scariness at the end of right. the movie. Yeah, all and all of that is in the trailer. Like, almost every single yeah. scene. I mean, there's a couple of things that are held back, but not in any major way. And I don't know. It just, it didn't really get off the ground ever for me. I needed it to be yeah, scarier. I'm so sorry. Sometimes dead is better, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I will. Well, yeah, that's the phrase. <laughs> I, the movie would have been better if it had just stayed dead and never <laughs> happened. I will say this, yeah. though, just as a short aside. I also went and saw Matthew McConaughey's The Beach Bum this week. And it was <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> Oh no, I don't I don't believe you at all. I thought it was going to be bad. My friend wanted to go see it, so I went and saw it and I freaking loved it. It was hysterical I even and heard very of sweet. It. It's like basically Matthew McConaughey? Yes, Matthew McConaughey plays a <laughs> plays a man named Moon Dog who is a poet uh-huh. who lives in Key West, Florida and basically just smokes pot and drinks all day long. He is best friends with Snoop Dogg and his wife is Isla Fisher and it is what? it is a crazy movie. It is his, <sighs> it is so funny and so weird and bizarre and just Well, you like, love your Florida movies. So I do love a, I do love a Florida meeting. But this was 90 times better than Serenity. Like a million like oh, <laughs> it was so good. It was just such a joy to watch. I don't know if you would like it. I don't know if most people in the world would like it, but yeah. I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it so well good i'm probably a hundred percent more likely to see that than pet cemetery so thank you for two recommendations yes beach bum feels like either an airplane movie or a netflix movie (laughs) like like it will be there and you can watch it so 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep my eyes peeled. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for listening to this. And you can always find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at PS You're Wrong. And leave us a review. Yes, please leave us a review. And we will be back on Thursday with an episode about the new hit DC <laughs> superhero movie, Shazam, which both Shelby and I saw yeah. and have thoughts on. So stay oh, tuned yeah. for that. Bye, guys. <laughs>